by your bed every night To me it sounded like mumbling Like she was out of her mind She said, boy, this kind of praying Is what saved my life You ought to try it sometime And now I know she was right She was talking to Jesus she was talking to Jesus She'd been talking to Jesus For all of her life Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights Khaki pants and a polo shirt Boy, I put up a fight she said, son, one day you'll thank me For having God in your life And yeah, I know she was right Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus Yeah, my mama was right now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus And I'll be talking to Jesus For the rest of my life What a friend we have in Jesus What a friend we have Singing friends, come on, don't you know What a friend we have in Jesus got three of my own now, trying to raise them up right. My oldest is 15, and I remember what that was like. Trying to deal with the drama, trying to figure out the questions in life. And I've been looking for a way to show him. How to make it all right What are we doing, folks? Then he walks in my room Well, I was singing my prayers the other night He said, I'll come back later I can tell you got a lot on your mind I said, it's not an interruption You couldn't have picked a better time I was just talking to Jesus Come over and give it a try Yeah, let's go! Rise up. We started talking to Jesus
there's no wrong way to do it there's no bad time to start it don't have to sound pretty just tell them what's on your heart because it's not a religion because it's more like a friendship so just talk to your father like you are his kid just start talking to jesus just start talking to jesus you can talk to jesus oh whenever you like just start talking to jesus just start talking to jesus just keep talking to Jesus the rest of your everybody and welcome to rumble.com slash LFA TV do not forget to rumble this video by just giving it a thumbs up that's just clicking that thumbs up button and making sure that it goes from white or black depending on what view you have on your screen to green as long as it's green what a friend we have in Jesus amen That was Talking to Jesus by Elevation Worship and Maverick City. Brandon Lake was the one on the microphone. That song right there 
will make the strongest of men break down. That song right there. And I want to thank Intimidator for showing up here one day, getting the gospel, and never leaving. That's what it's all about. Somebody in the chat said, start talking to Jesus today and never stop. Start talking to Jesus today and never stop. What a friend you'll have in Jesus. Folks, you guys have seen me up here and you've seen me down here and you've seen me with smiles from here to here and you've seen me with tears from here all the way down to here. If you have never seen this podcast before, I am not a pastor. I am not a preacher. I am not what you would expect to be a qualified person that you would normally go to to get the gospel. However, that last part I would like to disagree with because I understand that I might not be that qualified person to preach the gospel, but if you're a child of God and you're walking with God and you're walking with Jesus, you are qualified to speak his language, to speak his word, to speak his message. As a matter of fact, you're not only qualified to do so, you are ordained to do so. It is a blessing to do so, and it is a commandment to do so. Having said that, this show, Rise Up, for all of you who might be new to this platform or this channel or this podcast, this is my personal journey with my Lord and Savior. And some days are going to be wonderful, great, happy, joyful episodes. And some days are going to be down in the dirt where the only person that we can call on is Jesus. And there's joy in that too. Yesterday, you guys got a glimpse of a very joyful Jeremy Harrell. What did I not have to be joyful about my daughter who's definitely been straying away from Jesus straying away from the message straying away from the word of God she needed that moment that we had in Boston at the Elevation Worship concert and she broke down and she released a lot which was a joyful moment for me. And I came in yesterday to work to prepare to do rise up and there was no 
happier father on planet Earth. Until 1.30 yesterday. I did not sleep at all last night. And that is the marvels of being a parent. Is that one second you can be up here and the next you can be way down here saying to yourself, what just happened? How did I just go from here to here and all I did was come to work? Well, today we're going to talk about that. As you guys know, no, she was not upset for me, which for sharing. No, it's actually much worse than that. Uh, Today's show is titled Depending on Each Other. Because it's easy to depend on each other when everything's going great. It's easy to depend on each other and smile when everything is going perfect. But it's not so easy to smile and have joy and depend on each other when something terrible happens and life crumbles, is it? But this is where I am going to thank Jesus so much today because Jesus showed up in my life yesterday in a very different way than he did the day before. And I'm going to tell you that today. So before we get to that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Give me courage and strength to be able to get through today's show. And at the end of it, I think we'll smile. I think we will. Let's do that now. Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching me over these last couple of years how to be grateful in all situations how to find the blessing in all bad news, how to find the treasure in every trial. And yesterday, I was able to do that because of you. Because of you, I was able to stay out of jail yesterday. Because of you, I was able to withhold what I would not have been able to withhold even a year ago. And that makes me so happy. It makes me so happy that I can depend on you. Because there's nothing more upsetting and more hurtful to know that somebody is disappointed in you and they can't depend on you. But we want to thank you for growth. We want to thank you for love and compassion and understanding, wisdom. And we want to thank you for being there for us when we need you. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Before we get to today's message, I think it's time that we have a discussion about what I went through yesterday because as much as everybody does not think that I should be as open as I am about my life, um, this is not for you. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but this show has never been for you. And it's also never been for me. Ever. That is who this show is about. And my journey with him. So if I need to express something during my moment with Jesus in this hour every day, then I'm going to do it. No matter what anybody says. Yesterday, you guys know we had a great rise up, right? We had a great LFA. I mean, yesterday's LFA was a really, really good one. We got done the show. Sitting here working. And all of a sudden, Eli says, have Jeremy call me right away, not messing around, immediate, ASAP. Let's go. I need Jeremy to call me. I said, who said that? I thought it was somebody in the audience. It was my wife. Apparently, she was trying to call my phone, and nothing she couldn't get through. So I picked up my phone, and I looked at the, I saw that I had some notifications, because my phone's always on silent when I'm at work, and I looked at the notifications, and I saw that my wife had texted me, basically, SOS, call ASAP. So, I called her. And my wife is freaking out, frantic. Like, I, can't, I had to say, stop, calm down, relax for a second. Tell me what happened. She says, there is a young man in our house right now that I just caught here in our daughter's room. Now, our daughters, we have a, um, a partially finished basement, and there's a big, um, it's a huge, huge area, and that's where our daughters have basically for their room. They share a room. They have a bathroom down there. They're in the basement, okay? One way in, one way out, or so we thought. No, 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 no. My wife caught a young man. She walked downstairs and walked right into my daughter's room. Now, something that I don't do is walk into my daughter's room. My wife is not that, girl. My wife is not that mom. My wife will walk into your room because you do not have privacy in a home if my wife decides she's coming in that room, period. Mama bear is always right, right? So my wife walked into the room, and my two daughters jumped up, and this young man dove and tried to hide under the bed. 
Now, at this moment, my wife has this, she has, uh, Eli, she has a vacuum piece, you know, the plastic vacuum extensions. She had this in her hand, and she just started snapping. Who are you? Who are you in my home? Who is this? Nobody's answering, right? It's obvious what it is going on to her, but she's demanding answers, and nobody's talking. So, of course, Sabrina starts whacking things off the wall with this thing. Lucky the kid didn't get beat with this thing. Made him get up and said to him over and over, who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? Nobody would answer. So she called me. Somebody is in our home. I'm standing in the basement. He can't get out. Get here now. So I... Takes me about what, Eli? Five minutes to get to my house from here? And I called their mother because it was my daughter, Shaylin, whose bed he was in. The same daughter that I just took to Boston the night before who had a breakdown and released so much in her life. So I called their mother on the way and I said, this is going on in real time. I'm on my way there right now. I had to leave work. I'll let you know what happens when I get there. My wife's or my, uh, my, my, the mother of my first two children whom I'm talking to says, kick some, you know what, and call me back. And I got to tell you guys, the whole way there, I was playing this over in my head. Something that I've not been able to do in my life prior to God. And I'm playing the situation over and over in my head. What am I going to do? What's it going to look like? Is he going to be a big guy? I hope he is because I'm ready to, I'm ready for, I'm ready to let loose some justice. So I get there. And I go down the stairs. My wife's screaming. I can hear her from outside the house. I go down the stairs. This kid's sitting on the bed. My two daughters are standing up like this over in the corner. This kid was no bigger than my son, Jaden. So a little bit shorter than me, maybe two or three inches shorter than me. Grungy, long hair. Looked like something straight from the 90s for like Jay and Silent Bob, Eli. Like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Beanie cap on, long blonde hair, little white trash mustache, zits all over his face. Young kid, 16, 17 years old. And at this moment, all the girl, or my wife is screaming and the girls are trying to talk. And I walked in and I said, everybody stop talking right now. And I got up to the boy and I said, what is your name? And I'm probably about this far from his face. He's a lot smaller than I'd hoped he'd be. I said, what is your name? He wouldn't answer me. I said, I'm going to ask you again, what is your name? And my daughter says, Seth. And I said, shut up. Stop talking right now. I'm not talking to you. What is your name? Seth. Where are you from? 
Morrisville, Vermont, two and a half hours away from where I live. How did you get here? I got dropped off at a friend's house. How do you know my daughter? At at this point, my wife is screaming. She wants all these answers. And I had to be like, stop. I've got this. I needed to get this kid to talk to me. Because he was not answering my wife. I said, how did you get here? How do you know my daughter? Turns out, he had stayed at my daughter's mother's house. At my ex's house. For two days prior to my daughter coming back to my house, he met her online, of course, met up with her at a coffee shop in the town her mom lives in, and had been staying in her room, and my ex didn't even know it, and having sex with my daughter. Now, I know it's not this bo- all this boy's fault. I get it. But you've not even heard the rest of the story yet. I know it takes two to tango, and I know my daughter is probably even more guilty because I was a 16-year-old boy once myself. He's not really being, he's not being disrespectful, but he's not answering my questions when I asked him, and I started to get a little upset. And I said, if you know what is good for you, you're in my house. You have sexually assaulted my daughters. If you know what is good for you, And I pray my daughter told you who I am and what I'm capable of. And if you would like to eat food for the rest of your life with teeth, you might want to tell me the answers to my questions. I could see this kid was really scared at this point, so I backed off. I said to my wife, I said, call the cops. Report a runaway. I took him outside of my, bed, my daughter's bedroom. I took him upstairs. And he was trying to like make a run for it. And I stood in front of the door and I said, what do you think you're doing? I didn't tell you you could move. Stand right there until the cops come. And he was, stood right there. And I said... Where's your mother? Where's your, where's your parents? I only have a mom. Where's your mother? Turns out his mother lives in one of those seedy side road motels. You know, those small, shady lawn motels. Unemployed. Drug addict. I said, where's your father? My father left when I was little. He used to beat my mom and he held a gun to my head when I was little. I know that life all too well. I said, where's your phone? He didn't have a phone. He literally got a ride down from friends and was planning to stay here the week. Here's the worst part, folks. He'd been in my home for two days. 
and I didn't even know it because my daughters worked together on this one and were hiding him in the closet and feeding him. He was a homeless, troubled young man, and my daughters are feeding him, and one of my daughters is sleeping with him and invading my home. I tell my daughters all the time the dangers of meeting people online. Apparently, he met her a week and a half ago. That's it. So then, and I could not even tell you, I asked my wife after this happened. I asked my children after this happened. Nobody could tell me what happened here because I don't remember. He said something. Or he stepped up to me and like in my face and said something like he was starting to get a little brazen or something. I don't know what it was. And I kind of lost it for a second. And I grabbed him by the side of the face, by his ear and his long hair. Smacked his head off of his... uh, smacked his hat off of his head in the process, put his face up against the wall and just got, you know, I I got real close to him and I let him know, this is not going to be, you're not going to disrespect me in my home. You have disrespected me and my family enough. He said something. I don't remember what it was. And all I saw in my face or in my eyes, was me beating this young man into oblivion. And right then and there, God said, what are you doing? This is a kid. Yeah, he might be in your home. He might be disrespecting you. He might be having sex with your daughters or daughter. I don't know. But what are you doing? A, it's a child, a kid, 16, 17-year-old young man at that point. Young man, right? B, you're about to lose your entire family. If you assault this kid and you get arrested, you're probably already going to get arrested for what you just did right now. Stop now. You'll lose everything and you'll lose your family. And I got him pretty good. Like there was a big red mark on the side. I just lost, you know what I mean? I just. So when I let him go, you could see he was now shook. He now realized, oh no, he's probably been in a situation where he's been in people's homes, having sex with their daughters before, homeless, trying to find a place to eat, whatever it is. And instantly When God said stop, when God said stop, all I saw was me, was me being abused and me having a gun put to my head when I was 13. That's what I saw. I saw me. And I let him go. And he stood up and he's, you know, at this point he's shook, right? 
And I said, look, man, I just showed you mercy. I said, I just showed you mercy. The same mercy that God in heaven shows me every day. I just showed you. And I said, and I know you don't have a dad. I know you don't have a father who's going to do this kind of stuff for you, who's going to be a male influence on you, who's going to tell you the way to be a man. So I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you how you are going, how you need to be in front of God. I said, you need to take this opportunity and change your life right now. I didn't do it. I said, did my daughter tell you who I am? No, sir. I said, my daughter didn't tell you who I am or where I've been in my life? No, sir. I spent three years in solitary confinement in a maximum security prison that I would gladly go back to and get ample rest for my body and my soul and leave my obligations and responsibilities to protect my family. And if your father was around, you would understand where I'm coming from. But listen to me, young man. I don't hate you, I said. I might be upset, but I don't hate you. I don't even know who you are, and I love you. Take this chance now and change your life. And I said, you've been in my home for two days. What if somebody saw you like my wife in the middle of the night and shot you and you were dead? What if I came home and I was not a man of God and I didn't have the restraint that I just had and I didn't show you mercy? What would your life be like? And do you know what he said at that moment? Something my own daughter hasn't even said to me still to this second. I'm very sorry for what I did to your family. I was a 16-year-old boy, and I did exactly what he's doing right now. But I also can tell you where he's going. And I felt so bad for that boy. I don't know where he is. Trespassed him from the house. So when the cops came, first thing I did is I went outside, told him who the kid was, what I knew of him. One cop took him away, and the other cop was standing there, and I said, can I just tell you something real quick? And he said, what? And I said, this is where I shouldn't have done. I grabbed the cop by the collar right here. <laughs> and I said, and I pushed him over and I said, I kind of did that to him. <laughs> Just so you know. And he's like, I understand. <laughs> you don't have to do it to me. And I said, so I don't know what that means, but I showed him mercy and I, I, I could have killed the kid. 
you have daughters? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, put yourself in my shoes. So they go and they talk to the kid. They put the kid in the car. One cop drives him away. The other cop comes over. And he's getting his, like, reach. You know where that cop's handcuffs are on their belt? He's, like, reaching there. And I'm like, well, here we go. So I said to my wife, I said, hey, if I get arrested, go get into our savings. Get whatever's there. If it's too much, maybe we'll get it somewhere else. I don't know. Come and bail me out. She goes, okay, I'm on it. So cop comes up to me and he says, we're all set, man. We're going to find out what we got to do with him and we're going to take him from here. And I said, what about me? Cop says, what about you? I says, oh, right after I did that to him, I said, and you can tell the cops when they get here that, I'm, that I did that to you. And, the, and he said, I will tell them. He was kind of shook at that point, you know. But I, I, said, uh, I said, what about me? And the cop said, what about you? God said, or, uh, the cop said, uh, he said, what about you? And I said, well, what about me? And am I going to get charged with assault or anything for this kid? And the cop kind of like, you know, kind of did one of these and was like, sir, you are allowed to use non-lethal force. As long as you are not being attacked, then you're allowed to use lethal force. But if you're not being attacked, you are allowed to use non-lethal force to remove an unwanted intruder from your property. And I read between the lines, and I said, thank you, sir. Shook his hand. I said, can you let me know what becomes of him? Because I was truly, at this point, sympathizing with the kid, and I, and I was, uh, I wanted to know what was going to happen with him. Cop says, I'm sorry, he's a minor, I can't tell you that. I said, okay, I understand. His cop said, anything else? And I said, no, and he said, have a good day and left. So then, of course, you know what the rest of the night was like with my daughters, my everybody. Here's the scary part, though, folks. Here's the part that really, 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 really bothers me to this second today, and that's this. That boy was down in my daughter's room alone for portions of the day when there were not people there by himself in my house. And there was one moment where Sabrina had to come here to the studio where I was and my son Jaden was there in the living room. He didn't know the kid was downstairs. And Sabrina said, hey, Jaden, watch Lily for a minute. I've got to run down to the studio. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Jaden said, okay, no big deal. Lily, in that time, went down to tell, uh, thought Lil Olivia was downstairs. Olivia had left with, with Sabrina. Shaylin was gone too. Nobody was there but this kid downstairs. But my daughter, Lily, didn't know that. She went downstairs to tell her sister, Olivia, something. And she saw this body under blankets, lifted up the blankets to see what she thought was going to be her sister, Olivia, to say, Olivia, come upstairs. I want to show you this thing. And here is some long-haired hippie rat that she does not know. She's six years old. And he tells her, don't tell anybody or your parents or anybody that you saw me down here. And she was scared enough to not tell us. Now, imagine this. 
I said to my daughter. I said, imagine, because you just met this guy on the internet, right? Imagine this. Imagine this kid got so spooked that the six-year-old saw him. He's a homeless drug addict, probably, and he kills her and runs away. What would you feel like then, Shaylin? Would the sex have been worth it then, Shaylin? Here's the worst part that you guys don't know. What I found out afterwards is that when we came home from the concert, my daughter did have a revelation down in Boston. My daughter did get touched by Jesus down in Boston. My daughter did give everything away and say, I don't want to be the way I am. My daughter went home. Unbeknownst to me, there was a man downstairs, a young man. She went downstairs and told him to leave and he wouldn't go. That's the terrifying part. Then, when he wouldn't go, and both of my daughters were saying, you've got to leave, you've got to leave, you've got to leave, and he still wouldn't go, he then pretended he was passing out. And then when he woke up and he still wouldn't go, my daughter got a phone, her brother's cell phone, because my boys have cell phones, but my girls don't because they can't be trusted with them, and dialed 911 on it and said, I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave. Now, she could have just went, Dad, but then she would have gotten in trouble. See, she was willing to put everybody in the household at risk to be killed, murdered, raped, or whatever, because she didn't want to get in trouble. This boy would not leave. She was trying to get him to leave. Had I known that before the boy got picked up by the cops, God, thank you that I didn't know all of this prior to. I found out all of this stuff with my daughter, Lily, and everything after the fact. Then, all night last night, I couldn't sleep. Every noise I heard, I thought somebody was in the home. Worst part on that, he was downstairs. I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to go. I don't even have a phone. You're going to kick me out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of this freezing cold, in the middle of the night. He started cutting himself with this knife that was downstairs. Yeah, bro. Week and a half, you met this guy online, you're having sex with him, you bring him into our home, you bring him into your mom's home, for days at a time, you expose this guy you don't know, who's cutting himself, pretending he's passing out, homeless, and more than likely a drug addict, who comes from a very messed up home, and you brought him into our home? That's Satan walking in the door, folks. At this point... It is no longer a 16-year-old daughter doing what 16-year-old kids do. At this point, now it's a, it's a safety issue. For not only for her, but for the rest of my family. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know I took the whole hour to tell you that story. And nothing of what I said has anything to do with depending on each other. Except for maybe this. She's probably going through so much in her mind, in her heart right now. That boy has probably experienced something super traumatic. Me and my wife have experienced something traumatic. Lily has experienced something traumatic. So one day here, the next day here. But through all of that, I do find joy. I find joy. And I find peace. And I find happiness. in how God worked in me in the moment. Like, you talk about an anger problem that I have. Nothing in this world could cause me to snap 
and go like Incredible Hulk mode, like messing with my kids, right? You would have asked me two days ago, you're doing so well with your anger. Do you think you could still self-control and have self-control all your anger if somebody was doing something to your kids? I would have said, no way, I would lose it. And I didn't lose it. I didn't lose it. And I thanked God all night for that. And I said, oh, God, thank you so much. Everything could have been different today had I given in to Satan like my daughter did. That was rough. That was very, very, very rough. But I am joyful. I am joyful. I want to read the verse of the day today, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. That's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Folks, we are not meant to be alone. We are meant to depend on each other. That's why fellowship is so important. That's why going to church is so beneficial. So I'll ask for prayers for for my family. And I know this is Comfort Fridays. So we're just going to go right to it now. Because I need a break for a second. I need to have some coffee. I need to collect my thoughts. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, and it might get cut short just because it's a little long, Ray Comfort. This man's name is Kevin. You'll hear me call him by that name a number of times. But during the interview, you'll also hear another personality take him over. In one of the many incidents of demonic possession in the Bible, Jesus spoke directly to a demon and demanded it to give him its name. The answer came back, Legion, because there were so many. Kevin, what's your t-shirt say? I got your back. It's kind of analogous to not being able to be there, not catching you, the guy falls back down on a, on a fall. Looks like death to me. No. Kevin, do you, think, do you think there's life after death? I do. Heaven and hell? No. We become light beings. I mean, you're going to take your body with you with all the arthritis. I think they come back in certain forms. What sort of forms? Like maybe a butterfly. But if you make it, and it's hard to make, you may go through several lives, several vessels, until finally you make it. Is this Hinduism, Buddhism? It, it is. Like butterfly can only last a few days and a cat's going to eat you. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. It's just more of Buddhism, right? Then they come right? back and another butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, how are you doing when it comes to earning everlasting life? Meditation and yoga. What does that do? 
Oh, brings you in tune. You got to get down with it. I'm serious. Anybody. Do you ever read the Bible? Um, I'm Catholic, so yes, I should. <laughs> yeah. But you don't. Um, I have a Bible, but yeah, no. In the Old Testament, God promised he would destroy death, and in the New Testament, we're told how he did it. Did you know that? No. Did you know that? No. Well, let me share the gospel with you and see what you think. How many lies have you told in your life? Oh. I'm renewed two years ago. I'm clean. I have none. What does that mean? You're renewed. Born again. Ever stolen something? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> have you ever used God's name in vain? Lots of times, yeah. And you too? Yeah. Do you love your mum? Very much. Would you ever use her name as a cuss word? No. No, because you respect her. Right. But you've taken the name of the God who gave you a mother and used it as a cuss word. I'm born again, man. What, what, is, what does born again mean? Uh, all my sins. I got a clean slate. And so the practice of Om allows you to lift all of those stories, all of those, the ink from all of those pages and gaze at it. And it gives you the opportunity to either rewrite or erase those experiences, to move through them so that they're now denatured. Who gave you a clean slate? The man. Om. That was the Om. Om is a building block for many other mantras. Om is a mantra. That which helps you transcend the mind is a mantra. Yoga teachers won't tell those who are new to the practice of chanting mantras, but the mantras are a prayer to spiritual deities, what the Bible calls false gods or demons. The Encyclopedia of New Age Beliefs says, many mantras are held to have originated as a supernatural revelation from the gods or spirits with which they were associated. Chant her mantra ideally 21 times or 108 times, visualizing her as an energetic, black form of Tara. Listen to the self-professed witch talk about enlightening yourself through conjuring up demons by chanting mantras during meditation. The title of her video is Mantra Chant Demonic Yoga Meditation to Summon and then she gives the name of the demon. Satan wants us to help liberate people to the powers of spirituality, the forces that are all around us, to enlighten people to the powers that we each have. If you are a dedicated person who is very serious about learning witchcraft to conjure spirits, demons, and to take your spirituality to the next level, then please go to... Listen to the Bible identify those false gods. The things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. How can Hinduism forgive sins? They can't. I didn't say anything about forgiving sins. I'm saying, do you want to go to a new realm, okay. a new state? Okay. Omniscient. So let's go back to the let's go back to the Ten Commandments, Kevin. Have you ever stolen something in your whole life, even if it's small? I'm not Kevin. I'm I'm cord. I'm not Kevin anymore. Do you understand? Now, what does I that have, mean? I have, I have never stolen anything. So you're not Kevin anymore. What do I call you then if you're not Kevin? Cord. Cord? Cord. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. Okay, that's called blasphemy, using God's holy name as a cuss word. One to go, Kevin. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, 
You commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? I, Cord, have not looked at a woman and lusted. Are you homosexual? No, no, sir. When did you last look at pornography? Where's a teen? Yeah, that's lust. That's committing adultery in your heart. That's Kevin. I, I have not. I'm cord. So on Judgment Day, God's going to see you as a lying, blasphemous, adulterate heart. <laughs> so on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty of breaking those commandments? Uh, I'm innocent. Why? I just told you. Why? My God is ever-present, and he's, uh, he, he weeps when I have to uh, go through hardship. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was attacked by Satan, he quoted the word of God. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Nothing makes demons flee quicker than quoting the word of God. That's my God. I don't know who yours is. Do you remember the first of the Ten Commandments? Hey, I'm going to leave because you keep asking me the same question. Yeah, here's the first of the Ten Commandments. Don't create your own God. Keep watching this video until the end because you're not only going to find out what happened to this dear Buddhist lady, but you're going to hear what happened to an atheist. He believed in evolution and was banking everything on the Bible not being true. He sought me out to tell me some good news. You're going to be encouraged as I was. Have you ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? No. It's very famous. Have you heard it? No. Saying that God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge who looks at a criminal who's committed multiple murders, but he keeps thinking, I'm a good person. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. And ladies, sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row, and your death will be evidenced here that God is deadly serious about sin. So if you're guilty on judgment day, will you go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Heaven. And where do you I'm think Catholic, you'd go? So I believe in confession. Last one. Same. Do you know confession can't help you? Can't? No, it's like a judge who has someone confess the crime to him. He says, I got a confession out of you, you're going to jail. So confession on its own can't help you. And if you die in your sins, the Bible says you'll end up in hell. That horrifies me. Ladies, I don't want you to go to hell. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. No, nobody wants to. So, do you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Thank Jesus. To die on the cross for our sins. On the cross for our sins. So, what does that mean? Here you are under God's wrath heading for hell. How can the death of Jesus help you 2,000 years later? All right, we're going to stop right there just because we don't have a lot of time left. Um, but I did want to say something before I left. Um, when I told you guys that I saw me, I want to just tell you this last quick story before we go, okay? When I told you guys that I saw me, okay? I did all that stuff that that kid did. There's nothing different that that kid was doing to my daughter and my home that I didn't do, that I did, right? Nothing different. I did it too. But here's something that a lot of people don't know. And this is why sexual immoral ways of life can get you can get you and the people around you killed. When I was When I was in 2004, so I was 25 years old, I was 
sleeping with a married man's wife. This woman was cheating on her husband with me. And she would leave at night and she would come to my house and she would, we would do whatever and she'd go home. And I knew I was doing wrong, but I was 25 and I was single and I didn't care. Sexually immoral and wrong. And I was invading people's spaces and homes too. I told that kid he could have got shot because I'll tell you this right now. I was in my own apartment sleeping with another man's wife. And he called me the next morning and said to me this. Did you have fun last night? Now, I knew this man, so it wasn't nothing for him to call me. I said, yeah, it was all right. Why? He goes, did you have fun watching uh, Star Wars Episode Three while you were wearing? And he told me everything I was wearing. I said, what are you talking about? He says, oh, I just want you to know that I had you in the crosshairs of my 30-06 from about 100 yards away last night. And you kept going up and down, and I kept having your head in the crosshairs of my 30-06. And I came... This close, a trigger hair close from blowing the brains of your head all over that wall while you were sleeping with my wife. He said, you're alive today because I decided not to pull the trigger. I never did that again. And I never cheated on anyone Again, that changed my life. And hopefully, hopefully, I changed that young man's yesterday. I guess we'll find out. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to my story today. I love you. God bless you all. Mike Crispy has already started right now. Get ready for that show and two hours of Live from America coming up right after that. I appreciate you guys. Keep praying for me. I love you. God bless you. Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. Don't you know? What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, I've got three of my own.